I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Hope everybody's paying attention today because we have a guy calling in from Florida. And you might recognize him from recent years uh, being involved with Rudy Giuliani, uh, Mr. Donald Trump. I want to welcome Lev Parnas to the show. How are you doing today? Doing good. Thank you for having me, John. You know, looking back on your journey, what do you think about it now that you may not have thought of prior to this journey in the past three years? Oh, that's a, that's a good question, John. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to go into there. I mean, uh, probably the most uh, important lesson I learned in this whole thing is, uh, uh, you know, loyalty, trust, uh uh, using your own common sense to be able to uh, disseminate information instead of uh, kind of following the rat, rat pack type of, you know, situation. So, uh, yeah, that would be the most uh, important thing that I learned from my journey about as far as life goes. But, I mean, I've learned a lot when it comes to politics, uh, the way things were running inside uh, the White House and so on and so on. When you when you talk about the things running in the White House, what do you what do you mean by that? Because I know things based on what the media says is a little different. What what does that look like to you in your world? Well, when you say the media says, I mean, which media? You know, we'd have to discuss that in particular because uh, over the years, uh, everything that I've come out and discussed and spoke about. I've provided receipts as far as text messages, emails, videos, uh, pictures, that's validated everything that I've said. So uh, when I when I say, I mean, inside the White House, uh, let me maybe clear it up a little bit. I'm not talking about the day-to-day -day and what was going on, uh, everything. I'm, I'm talking about what my book is based on. It's called Shadow Diplomacy, and it's based on a shadow diplomacy that Trump ran uh, simultaneously while you know, having a regular diplomatic crew like, you know, Pompeo and Bolton and ambassadors all over the countries. And simultaneously, he had his own shadow diplomacy group. There was Rudy Giuliani, myself, Victoria Tunzing, Jody Genova, and John Solomon. What's your agenda when you first put that group together? Well, the group got put together uh, based upon, uh, I call it the BLT group, because we used to meet at the BLT restaurant on the second floor of the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. Uh, but it was put together by Rudy Giuliani, uh, basically after uh, seeing the video of uh, Joe Biden, the infamous video where he comes out and fires the says, get the fire prosecutor fired, or otherwise we'll hold the billion dollars. And meeting with uh, Yuri Lutsenko, who was then the current uh, general prosecutor of Ukraine, uh, interviewing over Skype that we put together a video with Viktor Shokin, an interview that was the actual uh, general prosecutor that got fired in this whole uh, debacle. Uh, Giuliani basically put together, uh, Victoria introduced me to Victoria Tunzing, which then she introduced me to John Solomon. And then basically the group got formulated uh, and our main goal was to get validate get information regarding uh, Joe Biden's and Hunter Biden's escapades in Ukraine. So y'all were a collective group to try to find out the truth about what was going on with, with our current president, Biden, basically. Yep. So when I say media, you know, I think the media sometimes uses different words to define people. And then that word will stick with, you know, that person. How many people do you think have been mislabeled by those words that could be derogatory that they put in front of people's names that become their representation to the national media? 
truly believe the media is very powerful when it comes to that, uh, going through it myself and feeling it, seeing it and going through it, almost impossible to get out of. Um, I was blessed to be able to get out of the uh, media, as you call it, uh, firestorm where they label you different things without sometimes even validating just because it fits into the narrative that they're running. It's almost impossible to get out of and some people suffer for the rest of their life. I mean, I was blessed that I had actual validated receipts as they call them to validate my stories because some of my stories were so outrageous and i mean you would never believe they were true if they didn't actually happen and we didn't have the facts to back them up so i agree with you i mean it was, the media sometimes puts labels on people without giving them a chance and then it goes with them for the rest of their life so going back to this this group what what was the thought process and what was the agenda you know after the first meeting I try to stay out of politics myself. I mean, I'm the type of person that I don't really believe in a two-party system because if I'm picking a starting five at the ball field, the basketball court or whatever, I want to have the best five players. So maybe three of them are Republican, maybe two of them are Democrat. And you. you know what I mean? And you yeah. you talk to people like, you know, Melissa DeRosa and all these people and we talk about the behind the scenes about, I'm going to go after you. And if you come after me, I'm going to go after you. And, and you know, it's a, a ping pong back and forth. So setting the stage for this group, obviously you're tied to a source being from Ukraine, originally being Ukrainian. What 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 was the approach and, and what came out of that initially? Well, it all started because of the Russian, uh, the Mueller investigation and the whole Russian collusion that was being portrayed at the time, trying to label Trump a Russian asset. And uh, Giuliani was on a mission with his investigators in Ukraine. Uh, John Solomon was on his own mission with his own sources. Congressman Devin Nunez at the time using his own sources. And they were all like kind of doing it on their own, trying to find the uh, basically uh, on the principle that Ukraine was the one that was blaming. There wasn't Russia, but it, it was Ukrainian uh, people in Ukraine that tried to blame Russia, stole the democratic uh, servers, forged uh, the Black Ledger, Manafort's Black Ledger, and all, so on and so on. So that's where the basis came out. There was an infamous meeting that me and Giuliani had in the Havana, uh, uh, how it all started was in the Havana uh, cigar bar in the city. Uh, Rudy Giuliani got a phone call from one of his investigators, an uh, ex-prosecutor by the name Bart Schwartz. They happened to have a whistleblower coming out of Ukraine and uh, had some letters for Congressman Lindsey Graham and and basically a lot of information that had to do with Burisma and uh, was the first kind of conversation about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden uh, being brought up because prior to that it was more uh, the Manafort ledger, it was more the uh, DNC servers and stuff like that. Uh, at that meeting, partner Igor had a video that was produced to us by certain Ukrainian sources uh, that infamous video of Joe Biden coming out and saying, you know, uh, basically fire the prosecutor, otherwise we won't uh, give you aid. That's when Giuliani basically said, we got you. And that's when it all kind of shifted from primarily into the Hunter Biden, Burisma and Joe Biden situation. For, fast forwarded now, uh, it's about February of 2019. Uh, I just got back from Ukraine after I had a meeting, a three-hour meeting with then-President Poroshenko on behalf of Trump and Giuliani, uh, relaying a message to him, basically telling him uh, from Trump, because he was going through his own elections at the time, that Trump would support him and invite him to the White House if he would to uh, basically come out and speak about the Ambassador Maria Ivanovich at the time and talk about how she's interfering in Ukrainian politics. More than anything, announce not to an investigation, and that's the key here, to announce an investigation into Joe Biden and Hunter Biden for certain criminal activities in Ukraine. After that meeting, I came back to debrief uh, Giuliani. Uh, that's when Giuliani uh, brought in uh, Solomon and Victoria Tunzing, and that was the first meeting where, the, where after that debriefing when the BLT team was formed. At that meeting, uh, Solomon uh, then started producing certain evidence that he had supposedly that needed to get verified from sources that he had in Ukraine and in the State Department and other sources. And at that point, we, it was uh, agreed upon by the group that uh, me and Igor would go to Ukraine uh, and validate this information uh, uh, to make sure that it was correct, true uh, to, uh, about what was being said about 
you know, Joe and Hunter Biden. So. Yeah, Eastern Europeans, in my experience, are very matter-of-fact people. Kind of like if you doubled down on New York City a little bit, like times five or times ten, they're probably a little more, you know, hitch-in-the-mouth <laughs> type of culture. So, you, you know what I mean? So I don't... Well, that means to me, I was born in Ukraine. I was born in yeah. Ukraine. I immigrated here when I was three years old, so I'm fully American and grew up here. Yeah. But uh, I, I've been back and know the culture very well, absolutely. What were they telling you? Well, uh, the interesting part is they were telling us what we wanted to hear. Uh, they were telling us that Joe Biden basically threatened uh, Poroshenko, the president. And again, when I say they, uh, not all the sources, we're talking about certain sources. Certain sources were contradictory in them, and that's why we were never ever to, able to get the actual concrete facts that we were promised. Uh, we were promised videos, audios, we were promised uh, bank transfers, we were pro promised all kinds of stuff to validate uh, the accusations at the time. And uh, through all the trips that we went down there, we never actually got the black and white proof. And we'll get into that later. But at that time, when we were going there, uh, we were speaking, you have to keep in mind, with uh, the general prosecutor of Ukraine, uh, the ex-general prosecutor of Ukraine, the head of NABU, who was the anti-corruption bureau, chief of staffs to the presidents, talking about the minister of interior of Akov. I mean, these are the most top four or five people in the country that run it. So when they're talking about and making accusations, you tend to believe it. You think that, you know, the information is true. But when you look back and, and understand that they we had their own personal political agendas at the time in their own country, that they wanted an alliance with the United States, that, you know, the story becomes a little bit more grayer and you start opening up and seeing that it's not exactly the way you see it. So yes, were we getting uh, the, uh, the information that the information Information you hear today that Comer, uh, uh, Congressman Comer, is out there trying to, you know, impeach Joe Biden. Majority of that information came when, through me. I know, so I know where that information came from. I know where it is, and that is why I wrote a letter to James Comer and the Oversight Committee, telling him that I'm willing to come out there and testify under oath in front of all the millions of people and provide them, which I have already provided them, or all the text messages, emails, uh, videos, and pictures, and be able to get the truth out. To be able to, because I agree with you. 100% job. Our country is so divided that it's 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 unheard of because there's nothing being done. We have no policies that are happening. We're in a total standstill. Two presidents that are going at each other that and at each other's throats. There's more conversation about going of revenge than actually building our country back. There's two wars that are happening. I mean, it's a total mess, you know, uh, as we see it right now. So yeah, we need the, uh, unification because the more division we have, the more mess it's going to become. Until we start getting some unification we're not going to go anywhere. And that was one of the reasons why I wrote my book. That was one of the reasons why, because I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I've never voted in my life until I voted for Trump and got involved in all that. I was a businessman, never involved in politics. And I didn't get involved with Trump because of politics. I got involved with him because he was a businessman, because of things that I perceived that could better my life, my family, by being around him to be able to make money. And then this whole Ukraine came up and because of my background, because of my relationship with Trump and Giuliani at the time, and because uh, I, w I had access to people over there that were willing to tell them the same story, it basically turned into a situation that we're still, you know, four years later now talking about now impeaching Joe Biden on something that his son Hunter may or may have not done. So the story had a little bit of holes in it. I mean, where does that linear process align? You know, it's because it's like you have Trump in office, now you have Biden in office. And when you think about you're dealing with one country, are there two different narratives when like when our administration, whoever's in, in office, are there two different narratives that are going on that people are speaking to within that country? All right, there's one side over here in Ukraine. There's another side over here in Ukraine. Now, this president's going to talk to this side and this president's going to talk to this side. Is it a very similar linear process or are you talking to one group? No, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, just like in our country over there, they have their own political uh, fractions of different, you know, not, we have a two-party system. They have more than two parties because they have, you know, the Russian party over there that has the Russian vote and you have the, uh, the Democratic supposed party, the Republican supposed party, the, the liberals. So they have a lot of different parties in their system. So they have a lot of different views and opinions. The information we were getting was coming from a, a very heavy Trump supportive administration that wanted to get into next uh, elections in Ukraine. Like the uh, Yuri Lutsenko, who was the uh, then the current general prosecutor, he was aware that if 
Poroshenko would not win and he didn't and Zelensky won, he would get fired. So he had the intention of making sure that Poroshenko won and got back into office. Poroshenko had the same interest. And the only way they would be able to have the opportunity to get back into office because of the way the political la uh, landslide was, is whoever got Trump's and America's support because of the war they were going on with the, uh, Russia, they needed tremendous support and relationship. And Ukraine, previously to 2016, made a major bet, and they bet it all on Hillary Clinton and made a lot of derogatory comments against Trump at that time. So when all of a sudden Trump won in 2016, uh, they literally had zero uh, relationship. Poroshenko was not allowed nowhere near the White House. Uh, and that's where it all started. So it became kind of where certain Ukrainian politicians, because of were willing to to settle their soul, willing to do whatever it took to be able to get into Trump's good graces here, to be able to use that for their own political purposes over there. And that's how uh, one side was starting to use the other side to fit the narrative. We're over here trying to placate a situation based on who we want to be in office in these other countries, basically, is what it amounts to. Well, I mean, officially, unofficially, yeah. I mean, because uh, uh, part a big part of Eastern European countries are built off of corruption, as we call here in the United States, even though for them it's a way of life and they look at it a lot differently as, as far as bribes and what corruption and what crimes are considered. Uh, but we on the Western side here, especially in the United States, are trying to promote uh, anti-corruption all over the world. So absolutely, by doing that, we're forcing the hand of how presidents and ministers and politicians are in office because uh, over there you, you have basically either the corrupt or the old regime, as you would call it, or you have the new young up and that want to spread democracy and or that are you know closer to the West and want to move that way and that's what the US supports and because of that of course I truly believe we get involved in politics all over the world of, as far as that goes you only got so much time in the day and you talk about two guys going after each other then you add to the scenario about trying to worry about who you can help get in office in this country who you can help get in office in this country because I had this rationale I have a little spiritual I'm a, a clairsentient and I read people and feel things and, and have Native America on both sides of my family. If, if each country, thinking you only got so much time in a day, if each country focused on their country and manipulated resources that can help their people within their country, and they could survive. How much better? It's almost like each country finding thyself, right? Just like a person finding thyself. After seeing this scenario, if each country focused on themselves, built resources within, quit worrying about all the other time they waste worrying about everybody else, do you think that might be a better process? Just, just that's just out, out of the blue question. No, I mean, listen, you know, a lot of people say that, and that's why a lot of we have a lot of people in our country that are saying, you know, stop helping Ukraine, stop helping, you know, Israel or whatever, you know, concentrate our own borders, concentrate on our own, you know, uh, bridges and tunnels, and we need our own infrastructure and stop spending money all over the world. Disagree with that, and I'll tell you why, but, you know, okay. uh, I don't disagree for it because I, I, I think they're wrong in a way. I mean, that's their opinion, and that's why we live in a beautiful country called the United States. We're all have allowed to have our opinion. You know, as a person that's traveled all over the world since the age of 18, you know, and I'm 51 right now, and I've been, I've met countless presidents, and I've met countless oligarchs and billionaires and people that, uh, you know, are celebrities and stars in my life. And I could just tell you, you know, one thing is that uh, there are some very evil people out there uh, that run other countries. And other countries, yes, like, you know, a country like Ukraine, a country like Israel, a country like, you know, uh, uh, any other country out there, you know, Gazelle, yeah, they should concentrate on themselves. But a powerful country like the United States that wants to continue to have world order and power, uh, I think they have an uh, obligation uh, to protect us because, yes, we might not feel it today, but if we stop interfering uh, against good and evil and for like 10, 20 years, what's going to happen is majority of these evil countries, the only reason they they're not have not been able succeedly to expand their evil and take over other countries and, and succeed in getting bigger, powerful, and a bigger threat to the United States is because 
because we've been cutting them off at the knees. It's because we've, you know, I know people, some people disagree with NATO or agree with NATO. Again, I'm not going to go into the politics of it, but it's because of all these little things. It's not one thing that the United States does. It's a, it's a, a, a lot of things. It's the campaigns. It's the giving money to other countries. It's, you know, if you take a look at from, a, you know, today my eggs are at $10 or my, my gas is high and, you know, I don't care about Ukraine. I want to be able to feed my kids. I understand those people and absolutely. But, you know, if you take a look at a more global approach to what's going to happen 20, 30 years from now when your kids are going to have grandkids and or your grandkids, I mean, in what kind of world do we want to live in? I think it's extremely important to keep up the fight against evil and go against these tyrants like Putin, Xi, Kim Jong-un. You would have to get everybody, every country on board, you know, around the world to for that to be successful. So it's interesting to get your point of view. When you m- mention Putin, I mean, how is he perceived in that part of the world? Oh, in Eastern Europe? Yeah. Uh, uh, depends in which country. I mean, uh, if you're talking about countries that are uh, loyal to Russia or Russian loyal countries, he's perceived as a powerful individual, someone that's feared. Someone that is respected, feared, loved, hated, all in one. The majority of the people support him. He's still, even though it's Russia and not the Soviet Union, he still runs Russia like the Soviet Union uh, with an iron fist. And, you know, as you could have seen the, you know, the things that transpired over the past several years with all the killings of people that are close to him, people falling out of windows, uh, people getting poisoned all over the country that, you know, speak up and, you know, stuff like that. So Putin, uh, that's how he's thought of there. Majority of the other world, Eastern uh, Europe and everywhere else, uh, understands he's a dictator, that he's a monster. He's uh, somebody that they fear. Uh, They all understand the history back, back there and the history states that Putin, from the first day he entered office, uh, basically his destination was to reunite and unite the old Soviet Union back together and make it even more powerful and stronger than it was and uh, make it a leader in the world. But to do that, he needs to take over, you know, all of these independent countries that are now independent and they're not part of the Soviet Union. Russia doesn't have control over them. And over the past 20 years, uh, he's been trying to do it uh, under the radar diplomatically. Uh, by uh, using money uh, all over the world, influencing elections, influencing politics. And he came very close in Ukraine and almost was able to take over Ukraine without firing a single bullet. In 2014, when uh, Yunukovych, uh, the president back there that Manafort was working with, uh, was about to sign uh, the agreement to with uh, a union with Russia, that's when they had the Maidan. That's when Ukraine had the revolution. That's when they got, you know, uh, Russia was able to take over certain parts of Crimea, Crimea and other parts of uh, Donbass in Ukraine. And that's when everything uh, basically uh, started over there. So uh, they understand that Putin is a monster, is somebody that's, uh, these are just the first steps. If we allow him and we disregard this, yes, he will take over Ukraine and next he will go after Poland and next he will push the red line. And that red line is going to be attacking a NATO country. And what are we going to do? I know the United States and all these countries talk a big game, oh, God forbid, you know, NATO this, NATO that, but nobody wants a nuclear war. Just because you're going to attack a NATO, I mean, you're going to start still diplomacy. I mean, you're going to push that red line. And, and evil people like dictators like Putin know that. They know that they have the upper hand on democracy on good because good is not willing to go to the extreme of threat and bad is. And uh, that's where we are right now. And I think uh, that we have, a, a, as, a, as a world and as the United States, we have an incredible opportunity uh, to be able to fight this evil without using our own kids, our own people, our own soldiers, uh, uh, by just spending a little bit of money and supporting a, a group, a country there that's willing to fight, not just on behalf of their own democracy and their own freedom, but a tyrant and stop a tyrant, be able to expand into uh, the rest of the world. So that's my opinion on that. I think about that sometimes, and I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but when you think about historical bloodline and you look at history, you know, say in the past 500 years, 1,000 years in that part of the world, you know, you think, is he, is someone like Putin really trying to figure out the historical bloodline or is it just ego? Oh, it's totally ego. I mean, it's money, power, ego. Uh, I've been around a lot of people close to Putin himself, very close. It's a narcissism. 
majority of these people are have a huge narcissistical problem. It's all about power, money, and, and strength. So when you think about manipulation, when did this whole narrative, you know, get sticky for you and ended you up in jail? What happened with me is, uh, if you recall, in, uh, right before the impeachment, the first impeachment of Trump, uh, there was a whistleblower complaint that came out. Uh, the, the the whistleblower that nobody knew who he was uh, came out complaint talking about Giuliani's escapades in uh, Ukraine and digging up dirt on Joe Biden. And that's when I was named in the whistleblower complaint for the first time. At that point, I was uh, basically uh, subpoenaed by the House uh, Impeachment Committee, uh, at which point uh, Trump uh, uh, gave me one of his lawyers, uh, John Dowd, uh, to represent me. I write deeply in the book about what transpired and what took place with meetings and what we agreed or didn't agree about. But the mass majority was that they were going to stonewall. We were not going to testify and uh, Trump was not going to provide any information and we were going to just basically use it as, as a call it a sham impeachment. While I was in Washington, D.C., and, and this was an uh, October, first week of October, I received a phone call from uh, one of our sources, uh, an oligarch overseas in, uh, in Vienna, uh, telling us uh, that he was able to contact some Somebody from Burisma, an ex-CFO, and uh, he was going to bring over the hard drive and also give us information basically to validate some of the stories uh, uh, that we heard about Joe and Hunter Biden. The plan was me, Giuliani, and Victoria Tunzing were to fly over there. What's his name? Uh, from Fox News, Hunt Hannity was going to do the interview uh, uh, from Vienna. Where they got the studio, Fox ready and everything. The day we were supposed to fly, Giuliani said that he had to go to the White House and he couldn't fly with us on that flight. Uh ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Victoria Tunning said that her husband Joe got sick and she has to look after him for us to go there to set everything up. This was a Thursday, the interview and every meeting was supposed to take care of like on a Monday. And Giuliani said he would come there over the weekend for us to go there, set everything up in the meantime and he would go there and that's when went to the airport and we were we were arrested for all kinds of charges so your two comrades didn't go with you and then you got arrested at the airport did you i mean what was going through your mind at that moment yeah uh, nothing i mean at that moment i was like kind of like laughing at because you gotta understand i didn't think i was doing anything wrong i was not like selling drugs or doing any criminal activity where i was worried that i might get arrested for something one day i'm a mission from the president of the united states so I time I also was very deep in the mega cult uh, environment, believing about the deep state, the FBI, and everybody trying to go after Trump and you know stuff like that. When we first got arrested, I was obviously scared, confused, not understanding, but I was very defiant and still headstrong, thinking that basically the cavalry is going to come there in the next hour, two hours. Giuliani, Trump, whatever, somebody's going to make a phone call. I mean, I'm an extremely important guy to the administration for it to be, you know, held on whatever phony charges they're trying to make up because I didn't even know what I was being arrested or held for. I was never read any Miranda rights or told about anything. It was just basically, uh, they told me nobody's going to want to speak to you, you, you know, and put me through me in a, in, in a cell until arraignment time. I didn't think anything at that moment, but a lot of things happened, uh, started happening after my arrest that started opening up my eyes and understanding that uh, I'm starting to be the fall guy and that uh, things are not just coincidental. Like, for instance, Rudy Giuliani, uh, you know, having my son uh, in his room for two days, basically, while I was first arrested and my son overhearing, you know, a conversation between him and Jay Sokolow on speaker where they're telling him 
him. The White House wants you to distance yourself from him and start changing the narrative to the fact that Rudy never showed up to any of my hearings, uh, wouldn't meet with my wife. But the thing that really, I think, broke the camel's back was after I fired John Dowd and Downing inside of my prison cell. And I was laying there in solitary confinement. They called it the Manafort wing because that's where Paul Manafort spent a year in prison. I was in the same cell. And I was laying there and all of a sudden underneath, and you have to imagine, I mean, I'm in solitary confinement. I have a soap, a bar of soap, nothing else. Like uh, I'm not even allowed a pen or paper to write. And all of a sudden I get uh, two, three in the morning, there's something slipped under my door. It's a postcard, postcard from the White House. Uh, and it's from Rudy Giuliani, basically calming me down, telling me if things are going to be all right. And, but don't worry, Paul, Matt, I got some of the best lawyers. Paul Manafort only got seven and a half years. At that point, I understood the message very strong, uh, alongside with Trump saying that he didn't know who I was, that uh, them not showing up to my arraignment, them not uh, uh, you know being on the plane with me when we got arrested. Uh, I started understanding, and then later on, I you know when information came out that Bill Barr traveled to Southern District of New York the very first time, and it, it, it was because the day we were supposed to get arrested after the meeting at Southern District, then he went meet up with Rupert Murdoch for uh, dinner. I mean, you know, the chain goes on and on, and I write about all that in my book. Certain people want me to keep my mouth shut. What's the best way to do that? Is when you get arrested, you have to plead, you know, say that you're fifth because you don't want to incriminate yourself in the criminal trial. That that's what happened to the arrest. You feel like you're the fall guy. You become the fall guy. What were they getting out of the situation if you were the fall guy? You know what I'm saying? What was the well, purpose? In Trump world, there's always two sides. I mean, there's people that are loyal to, loyal to Trump and that do what Trump wants and go along with that. And then there are people in Trump's administration and Trump, around Trump that think they could change him, think they could control him, think they could do it differently. And that's what happened in his whole administration. That's why you saw so many people get fired, so many people changed, new chief of staffs, new generals. I mean, you name it. Uh, it was like ring around the rosy when it came to that. You know, I'm thinking, what advantage did they get oh, out yeah. of it? Trump did not want me arrested. Trump, Giuliani did not want me arrested. Part of doing it for him to be able to get this information. But there were people in Trump's orbit that were against that, like Bill Barr, like Pompeo, like John Bolton. Bill Barr in particular was following the investigation. Uh, he was, from the day he was sworn in, he was told about me, Rudy Giuliani, because, uh, you know, we were so close to Trump. Bill Barr never liked Rudy Giuliani. He was against this whole Ukraine stuff. Uh, he was uh, against this whole bringing up the stuff he thought it was going to bring Trump down. And he was trying to, he was one of those people that was not on Team Trump, but thought that he could do whatever, you know, he wants and help Trump without Trump even knowing that he needed the help. So he decided the best way to shut this thing up is to arrest a couple of guys that are, you know, that don't have the pedigree, that don't have the credibility that the media can easily destroy, uh, make them look out like they are, uh, you know, Russian assets or whatever the case, uh, indict them on six, seven federal charges so they'll be looking at 20, 30 years, uh, make their life a miserable hell that they now got to spend all their money on lawyers and attorneys. And uh, why would they want to now go up and speak in front of Congress and get involved in anything when they're fighting for their life. It's a good mm -hmm. way to shut somebody up. So, you know, and it was interesting that it happened the day we were going to meet up with the CFO and uh, uh, Burisma and to get information about, uh, you know, the Bidens and supposed, you know, the hard drive and stuff like that. You know, if, unless you believe in coincidences, which I don't, uh, the way everything transpired, because, you know, even if you take a look at uh, later on how everything happened, it's, you know, Bill Barr came out and everybody saw the true Bill Barr, who he was for himself. And, you know, now he's running around talking about how Trump should go to jail, you know, and this is the mm -hmm. guy that's protecting him, you know, <laughs> from the Mueller report to the Ukraine investigation, shutting down prosecutors. I mean, I mean, I don't know how you defend against that, because if you have two, let's say you have two opponents going at each other and then you have an internal conflict that you have no control over. When do you really have time to govern if you're just running around covering up shit all the time? Well, you don't. And that's why we're here. I mean, that's why we have, that's why in America, we have no policies being done. That's why we're in a total standstill because we're talking about the top, but you can, you can't even imagine what's going on on lower levels in Congress and Senate. I mean, people are literally almost fist fighting in these events. I mean, we've gotten to a point in our country where when we used to watch how things happen overseas and there'd be a fight in Congress where they'd, we'd laugh at it and say, look at it, look at how crazy they are over there. But now it's happening here in the halls of Congress. I mean, we have people who want to walk around with guns and 
inside inside of Congress. We have people that want to put pornography. I mean, we want people that want to talk about, you know, uh, changing sexual. <laughs> I mean, we got so much crazy stuff, but nothing to do with, you know, how to save our economy, help build our infrastructure, <laughs> protect our borders. You know what I mean? Things that mm -hmm. are, you know, schools. I mean, things that are important. Healthcare. That are, I feel like we're in Jerry Springer. Every day I wake up and you put on the TV, I feel it's the next episode. What's happening today? It's unheard of. Do, do you feel like these administrations really have the power that's perceived to the people? I mean, yes and no. Let me put it to you this way. Uh, I think people, majority of people are uh, under the assumption that just because you're president, for instance, like when Trump was president, he needed to, to fire the U.S. ambassador of Ukraine. He had to have her fired by Secretary Pompeo because it was his job as a uh, Secretary of State. So he had to give him the order. He couldn't, you know, I mean, he could, but it wasn't policy just to call up the ambassador and fire. You know what I'm saying to you? Same thing here. Like, can the president put pressure on the attorney general uh, to do certain things and use that, that office of the attorney general to prosecute? Of course he could. It depends on the relationship between them. Because because we're all people. See, we all sit there and think that, you know, just because you're a president or you're a judge or because you're a congressman, you're a senator, you've all of a sudden, uh, you know, God's come down on you and hit you with the magic wand where you're all of a sudden uh, not a human being and everything that you've done in your past and how you've grown up and everything that doesn't matter now. All your opinions now, you're supposed to serve the people. That doesn't happen. We're all human beings. People get into office and they start getting power and they use that power to push the agendas that they feel and that they want to uh, achieve. And some of them use it for corruption. Some of them use it for power. And that's where we're at. And how's, how's your relationship now with Trump and Rudy? Oh, I have no relationship. Never want to see them again. I mean, except for when, you know, at trial, I am going to go to his trial and Rudy's trial. Uh, uh, something they didn't do for me. I'm going to do for them and I'm going to go sit there front row and watch them eye to eye as karma, as they say, is a bitch. You know, you wrote the book and, and tell us the name of the book. Shadow Diplomacy. Shadow Diplomacy. And what, what is your goal releasing this book? My goal to releasing the book is to get the truth out. Basically, there was a lot of things that transpired in those four years, the way the media cycle moves so quickly because of things that happen. There's so many things going on. People really don't know certain things that transpired. Uh, a lot of things that happened in Ukraine, a lot of things that transpired with Venezuela behind the scenes, uh, Turkey, and certain other things uh, that I was privy to that I was around, including certain lobbyists, including certain, uh, you know, different politicians like Kevin McCarthy and Congressman Pete Sessions and things that they were up to, Lindsey Graham and stuff like that. When I try to get the truth out in interviews and stuff like that, it's very difficult because it's very difficult to get everything out in one interview or one uh, podcast or one, uh, you know, taping. Uh, so I decided to write the book. The, the Republicans decided to continue this impeachment and spread a lot of disinformation about things that I was privy to and I was a part of. I wanted to make sure that I get everything in the book that transpired, text messages and pictures and everything to validate too. So there's no doubt about exactly what happened because after Comer uh, did not want to have me testify in front of Congress, I started seeing that they're going to try to bury the truth and just come out with a certain version of it to the people. So uh, my goal is to get the book out there so everybody no matter what happens in this impeachment no matter what happens which witnesses get hurt or not get hurt the true story about what happened in ukraine with hunter biden joe biden the laptop quid quo pros because you have to remember i was the guy that trump told to tell president Zelensky that they're not going to get military aid before he withheld military aid that vice president pence was not going to come to the inauguration uh before they canceled going to the inauguration so there's a lot to it you know and i was the guy on the ground i was the guy that was being told and relayed the messages, translating the conversations. I have all the proof and the receipts to do it. And I want to make sure that it doesn't get buried, hidden, and the whole truth gets out no matter what happens with this impeachment and no matter what happens with what witnesses do or do not get called. I mean, do you think his the internal conflicts kind of took the power out of Rudy and Trump's hands? Um, there was really nothing they could do? Well, yeah, I mean, of When course, it comes I mean, to your situation? My situation's no. You know Trump now. I mean, even people that don't know him but see the way that he doesn't care about this one or that one things if he feels strongly about something he'll state it he'll do it and uh, but that's one thing that people don't realize that uh, the biggest false pretense about trump loyalty where you know he runs on loyalty yes he expects loyalty he expects loyalty from everybody and that's the first thing that he expects before you could any go forward but the problem is he doesn't give that loyalty back you know it's always a false pretense
pretense. He makes you feel it's like the you know hanging the dangling the carrot in front of you. You chase that loyalty, thinking you have it, thinking that if anything ever happened, you know you have it. And then when something does happen, as we've seen time and time over again, the first thing he does is he says he doesn't know who you are, or you might have been an errand boy, you might have been a coffee boy, you're not really a lawyer, even though you got thousands of pictures and videos and private recordings, you know. What fixes the system? Do we know? I think we need to get rid of everybody. Clean slate. We need to get some fresh, uh, younger candidates for president, you know, with uh, newer ideas, fresher starts, moving forward, uh, get get that history of, you know, it's like, I feel like we're stuck in a Rocky movie. We're Rocky 3 now, right? You know, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. Trump against Biden. I mean, it's already, we're going on to year six. I mean, it, 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 we need to move on. We need to uh, clean up and get a fresh start because as long as Trump, Biden, this goes on, we're, we're, we're stuck in, 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 in like the Twilight Zone because uh, Trump's mega base is as powerful as we as anybody's ever had. I mean, he has millions and tens of millions of supporters that will basically, if he were to tell them tomorrow to or everybody get up and move to a different country, they probably would. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's how strong uh, belief into Trump is. And uh, then you have a very strong, powerful, common sense, uh, you know, middle and uh, conservative and then certain left. And I don't talk about the far left because I consider anything far left or far right off the rockers. I'm a moderate guy. I think you need to have common sense between towards the middle. Uh, I, I Even though I lean a little bit more towards conservative, you know what I'm saying to you, but I believe, like you said, that uh, I'd, I'd rather have the smartest five guys in the room and, and two Republicans and two Democrats and get all divisions and get unification instead of division. Uh, but uh, right now, uh, until we, you know, as they say, until they, you cut out the cancer fully, until we forget this era, I mean, and there's nothing you could do. Just think about the hatred that people, normal people, I mean, you have families that can't have ch- uh, Thanksgiving dinner or, or, or Christmas dinner because they don't agree on politics because of, uh, you know, one's on Trump's side and one is on Biden's side. So uh, just think about the hatred that's going on in our halls of Congress, uh, our Senate, uh, our judicial system, our DOJ. When they say the DOJ is weaponized, you got to think about it. You have thousands, tens of thousands of people with guns and the right with their own brains to now think about and believe in what side they want to be on. Mm-hmm. So if, they, if they're hardcore uh, Republican and and all of a sudden, you are a left-wing guy that doesn't believe in it, and you pop out on his radar? Trust me when I tell you, yeah, he's not supposed to do it, but I believe... Believe me more or not that he's going to go after you a lot quicker than he's going to go after somebody that believes in the same value. That's what we've gotten to. And then you see it all the way down to your sheriffs, police stations, your local school districts. It's it's become what side you're on. You have to pick what side you're on to pick what school your kids are going to go to. Because if you choose yeah. a private school and you're a Democrat and you choose a more conservative private school, your kids cannot go there and vice versa. So it's yeah. like politics have taken over our, our whole world. I mean, you go sit at which restaurant you're going to go to. You go into the wrong restaurant where it's primary, you know, liberal and you're a conservative, they're going to eat you up alive. You will be yeah. scared to order. You don't know if the waitress or the waiter is going to spit in your food. I mean, it's crazy. You know what that tells me? If... And I, I, I bet you all those people say they're spiritual or whatever, but, you know, I think it's finding thyself, yeah. you know, because, you know, long time ago, you know, God, I worked for, he says, never make a decision on emotions. And I think we're a country of making decisions in the middle. We're not getting the answers from the foundation. So we're op- or, or operating in the middle. And then the emotions are making the decisions. So it makes a very, very hollow person across the board. And I think people really need to think about that, about finding themselves, quit worrying about everybody else, take the ego out of it, do what's right or wrong. And move forward because this to me, I don't know if I'm awake or whatever you call it spiritually, is it's it's crazy to me that we can't see that because we're raising a generation that does see that. What does that generation think? I have six kids, I, you know, so I believe me, I understand. And, you know, uh, and they're different ages. I have a 24-year-old that's a Gen Z and, you know, I have younger. So it's, it's difficult to think of how screwed up of a situation we are because you got to think of not only are politics involved, but now you have religion involved with this whole war that happened between Israel with the attack of Hamas on Israel and Israel's response. Then you have the war that's going on in Ukraine that, you know, has a 
lot of because of what's going on in our political world here and because it's Ukraine and Russia and again part of the whole system that has a lot of division so you have three very crazy topics that are dividing our country and the interesting part that John that I've been noticing I know I go on a lot of social media Twitter we do these spaces and it's interesting to see how when we would do the political spaces how there is people I would agree or disagree with on the political sphere that now bury that because we agree on what's happening in Israel and vice versa and it's it's crazy mm-hmm. to see how the shift uh, it keeps moving because of what's happening on but what it tells me is that if we're able because when we were arguing in those political debates for Trump against Trump they were so passionate they were so hard and if we were able to bury those and become friends and be on the same side because of now let's say the Israel conflict what it shows me is that we can forgive and forget we can mm-hmm. move on and bury that means we there is hope out there that we can somehow unite we just have to find that common denominator like you said it, whatever that is to unite our country back for us to be on the same side whatever that is for us to be together strong and all for one and when that happens I think then will start to heal. And the last question before we get off here, I mean, when you met Trump for the first time, is he, how is he in person? Oh, I mean, he's charismatic. He's, he, he gives you that power there. Or, I mean, like, you gotta understand, I'm a guy that grew up in the streets of Brooklyn, New York, uh, where uh, my father passed away when I was very young. So I always uh, clung to powerful men, you know, that, you know, from different mobsters to politicians to eventually Trump. So to me, it was, uh, you know, he relayed of that person that I, as a young person, wanted to be rich powerful, uh, have whatever he wants, the beautiful cars, the women, the, you know, so, and when he speaks to you, he portrays that. You got to also understand he's a showman. So everything is choreographed kind of the way he enters, the way what's happening, everything, the next steps. So it's all kind of uh, played into giving him that persona, that personality. I mean, he had a pretty good show. Only a couple of good. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So where, where can we find the book, Lev? Uh, you could go uh, to my website, loveremembers.com, or you could follow me at, at Love Parnas uh, at uh, Twitter and Instagram. I think uh, you definitely will enjoy it because uh, it doesn't matter what side you're on, because I'm not on one side or the other. I'm on the side of the truth and democracy and unification and getting our country back together. And, you know, I, I, I don't want war. I want love. I want peace, even though I do understand that sometimes there's costs that are involved and sometimes they're not pleasant. So I... I'm not, you know, completely out there and don't understand that. So I, I, I truly believe that uh, it doesn't matter what side you are, you will enjoy it. You will get an inside look and it'll give you a better of understanding of the decision that you can make of who your next president or who your next going to be. And that's not to say Trump or not Trump, but I just want to give the viewers an inside look of what transpired an understanding and the final thing i'll leave you with that is when you read the book you'll understand the power that trump gave me and i was what you didn't know is i was literally your secretary of state <laughs> at that time uh-huh. i think it's important for people to uh, really understand and not just what trump was about but all the people around them the inner circle and everything else uh you know that's going on that is currently still in our media's cycle today i've always said too that you know when they get involved in these scenarios as many lawyers as they have on either side a lot of this shit's got to be predetermined you know what i'm saying if not i mean what are they standing on You, you know yeah, no, there's a lot, a, a lot of behind the back, behind the scenes, backdoor activity that majority of the people don't understand about. And we envision because I was one of those people before I came on the inside. When I was on the outside, I had a totally different understanding or impression of what, how our country ran, how things happened, how the chain of command went, what can or cannot be done. And uh, I think it was more of what American public thinks of. But once you get a read the book, you'll get an inside look and really understand how certain things transpired. Uh, and happen and you'll be able to relate to the news media stories that you've read and you saw and you watched the t- television and now get behind the, the scenes look at exactly what happened and uh because what we saw was just a glimpse of it and we saw the outer layer outer layer of it we didn't we, the public never got a chance because the witnesses were never allowed to be called and because of that i was blocked to be called so uh, and now uh they don't want to call me and giuliani i mean just think about it, john who would be the number two one best witnesses you would think about for the Republicans to get up there already is Rudy Giuliani and me. 
because we were the guys mm-hmm. that did all this stuff. We're the guys, you're using all of the information. They won't call us. Not only won't they call us, they're blocking. They're trying to block for us. Why? Why wouldn't you want us to testify on their oath? So read the right. book. You'll understand what I'm talking about. One little thing is just intriguing about Biden. If if you if you look at Trump, you look at Biden. And Biden been in politics as long as he has. How much dilution is there? We need fresh start. We need our country needs a fresh start. We the people need a fresh start. The world needs a fresh start. We need to get rid of some of this old ideology on both sides, and we need to start moving forward and thinking about you know healing a little bit because you know if we go on longer like this, it could get a lot worse before it gets better, you know, especially with the, yeah. election. I mean, just think about it. president that's running for uh, the, the guy, the guy that's going to be running for president of the United States is under four indictments, 91 charges, right or wrong. I'm just saying to you, just the fact that that's happening in the United States of America, just think about for how long we're going to have to deal and with that over the around the world to regain back our power powers the united states had like we started in the beginning talking about how we meddle in other elections one of the things how we do that is by making sure we go to all of these third world countries and try to moderate their elections to mm-hmm. make sure they have a true and honest election if if anybody looks at the united states nobody could trust our elections our elections yeah. are all you know the narrative here it doesn't matter what side you're on it's oh you know it's uh, our elections are fake they're false and this so now how can we be the leader in the world by trying to tell a country a third world country like how to run their elections i mean it's a joke i mean mm-hmm. the things that are going on right now and the ramifications of things that are happening internally most uh citizens don't even know and don't understand uh because it's not a part of it. it's like some people say like why should i care if i live in texas and you know why should i care about ukraine uh, and I care about, you know, making sure, you know, I, I could go fishing with my kids. And I, like, why do I care about it? I mean, it's true. I mean, because if you live uh, in a sheltered environment, you shouldn't care. You don't, you don't know. But what's going to happen 20, 30 years from now, if all of a sudden Russia gets becomes Ukraine, becomes the Soviet Union, takes over all these countries, become a massive powerhouse, and then turns around and puts nuclear weapons outside of Cuba, outside of Florida. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're going to care. Then mm-hmm. you're going to care when your kids are going to get drafted in and then your grandkids and you're going to sit back and say, how did we get here? I understand a lot of people don't want, don't get involved in politics. So I was one of those people that never mm-hmm. got involved in politics for 46 years. But the, what I've learned in the past four years is we need to be involved. We need to be involved who we elect for our representatives because it matters because their yeah. mistakes, we live with them. Well, I go back to the spiritual thing and the, the Native American thing. When Native Americans made decisions, they made decisions for their fifth, sixth, seven generations we're making decisions for the next five minutes and it ain't working <laughs> exactly you, it ain't working. <laughs> you hit it on the dutch huh? you know it's yeah. like we're living we're like you know the cyclone's coming and it's going to be over so let's enjoy ourselves so uh, forget everything yeah. else. Let, let's let's yeah. have a barbecue and i agree with you i mean uh, uh i truly do believe that like i said because of seeing the interaction because i interact with everybody i don't care if you're a trump supporter you're a biden supporter. i'm out there to tell the truth tell my story and you know and that's about it i can't i don't talk about subjects that i don't know about and uh but i see a lot of people that i mean like crazy division i'd never speak to again because of the craziness we would talk about in politics and then you know israel happened and it brought us on spaces back together and now we're good friends and there's hope well lev i appreciate you coming on the show man i think you're a very passionate guy this has been lev parnas and i am john edmonds cosma the ceo of bang production thank you even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.